Good day. This podcast today is about failure and how that drives us to dig deep and figure out what we really want. It's actually a blessing. It's also a filtering mechanism. Sometimes to filter out what things we really want to persevere and accomplish and really put in the work. To illustrate this principle in my experience, there was a time when I attended Dive Rescue International Instructor School, and it was at Fort Collins, Colorado, and it was about seven days, and it was grueling. It was designed to create instructors that would teach 911 professionals how to rescue and recover bodies in water environments from fast water, such as rivers, to uh, called swift water, or to under ice operations, open water, deep water, all environments. The selection for this program was based upon your agency nominating you, and it required an extensive background and prerequisites that had to be met, such as medical dive, um, being a public safety scuba diver for a period of time, at least a year, and several other academic and functional and operational requirements. So that's why the school was kind of short. It was really designed to teach you how to teach and to make sure that you had the hard skills. In fact, the program was designed to be go, no, go. And in the military, what that means is either you can or you can't do the job or the skill. And it was designed to apply tons of pressure to you in that short seven-day period of time. The beginning of this training took place by putting everybody into a big, huge pool. I think it was like a YMCA in Fort Collins. And we swam our 500 yards. And then after we swam our 500 yards, we were told to go into the deep end of the pool and tread water until everybody else was done. Our instructor for this program was a man from Tennessee who was a former Navy SEAL and a full-time firefighter and a rescue diver for many, many years, an instructor for Dive Rescue International. And him and I got really close during this training, but it wasn't really manifested till after it was all done. But back to the point of, of failure and how we respond to it, this course, like many others that I've attended in my life, was designed to produce a guaranteed failure. And it would be done under different circumstances at different times, and some people would react, depending upon what was happening, differently than others. So when we went to the deep end of the pool after we swam our 500 yards, I ended up in there first because I'm a fast swimmer. And I wasn't trying to leave anybody in the dust or anything or anybody behind. I just wanted to get it done and, and get on. So I didn't know about the deep end of the pool, treading water, waiting for everybody else to finish until after I had finished my 500 yards. As I was in there treading water, people started to join me in the pool. You know, I ended up being in that water in the deep end of that pool for a few hours. And during that time in the deep end of the pool, we lost two divers, two candidates, I should say, who were trying to become Dive Rescue International instructors. And we lost them to failure. And the failure was largely in their head. What was interesting about these two guys that quit on the first day, the first half of the first day, is that they were already certified scuba instructors, one for Patty 
and one for SSI, which are civilian scuba instructor programs. And they had been teaching dives principles and physics for many, many years. But this program was not a civilian style program. It was designed to have you become someone who would teach people who are under probably one of the most stressful circumstances in their entire life. Under the water, under the ice, in fast water, where it's extremely hazardous and dangerous. And because of that, the selection process was grueling and very specific. And the academic requirements very, very high. And matter of fact, to backtrack a little bit, I remember when I opened the final test on the final day, I had been up most of the night studying with my mate, my uh, dive buddy. We were assigned a buddy through the program. And I looked at Mark and I said, you know, I'm going to fail this test. <laughs> this is just too hard. If you didn't understand the, ga- the gas laws, you couldn't even understand the question. Very, very interesting. But anyway, I passed and did well uh, on the academic side, contrary to what I thought might happen. But when we were in the deep end of this pool, we got divided up into four-person teams. So the program was not designed to wash people out. It was designed to simply filter based on stress and exactness those who were capable of managing the pressure in training and to be able to put in perspective failure and to use it as a catalyst to become successful. And I think that's really one of the important points here. So while we're in this pool and we're divided up into four-person teams, the instructor throws in a 25-pound weight belt in the deep end, and it hits the bottom. And these weights are all on a belt, a nylon belt, and they're weaved on it. And there are five weights on this belt in equal weight. While we're treading water, he says, here are the rules. Now, you got to remember, I've been in the water for quite a while now, treading water, just treading water in the deep end. He said, here's the rules. If you touch the side of the pool, you're eliminated from the program. If you verbally say, I want out, you raise your arm, you're out. Every time your guys' weight belt hits the bottom of the pool, or any weight hits the bottom of the pool, we add 15 minutes to the time you have for the exercise and the evolution. So the exercise was that we would have to, as a four-person team, float with a 25-pound weight belt for 15 minutes. Doesn't sound too hard, right? Well, the problem is that there's no way to swim tightly enough in a circle because to be able to float with weight, you have to do this. It's a circular kick underwater, kind of like water polo people use to get buoyancy, to keep your head above water, especially if your your arms are occupied by holding something, an object. And this technique is very hard, not easy to do. I've always struggled with it, but I'm a strong swimmer, so I could compensate by having poor technique and accomplishing the task by gutting it out. If I was more efficient at swimming at that time, I could have could have done much better. But nevertheless, we went down to pick up our belt. We tried to float together as a team with 25 pounds and, and hand it off in circles. And we tried all these different things. Our weight belt hit the pool at least two or three times. Each time, 15 minutes is added to the exercise where we have to float with the 25 pounds for another 15 minutes. We're up to like 45 minutes on our clock now. And the, the weight belt is on the bottom of the pool. And everyone's stressed out. It was during this evolution that those two 
previous instructors had tapped out. They had quit. They rang the bell. And they were not in my group, but I remember one of them swearing and getting out of the pool and said, this is BS. And, you know, that's exactly the response that uh, this instructor and the evaluators were looking for. Someone who's going to lose their calm, their composure, their cool. What ends up happening in 911 diving, and I've been through some very arduous calls, some very intense, difficult calls, you just end up dying quicker. If you panic, you get frustrated. You Instead of focusing completely 100% of the time, all the time, in solving the challenge, in finding a solution to something that can or will kill you, if you get too excited, you're spending energy in being defeated, in quitting, in letting failure dominate you. And that is such a powerful, powerful, powerful lesson to me. The theme throughout this entire program by our instructor was confidence and control. He said that over and over again. We must always have confidence and control in everything that we do as a Dive Rescue International Public Safety Scuba instructor. The second thing he drilled into our heads is a great phrase called deal with it. I remember hearing that thinking, you know, that's fantastic. There's a picture that explains what deal with it means and it's resilience and it's never giving up. And it's, I'm going to paint the picture for you by words and hope that works. Picture a frog being swallowed by somebody. And as the frog is going into the mouth, the frog grabs the throat of the person swallowing the frog and squeezes so the frog can't be swallowed. It's the ultimate final act of defiance and resilience and not quitting that is represented by the term deal with it. And that was a picture that was posted up in the Dive Rescue International training area. So since we're all candidates in this program and there's no guarantees until final graduation, as a matter of fact, there was an interview at the end of the practical exams and the academic evaluation, the test, where you had to get a 90 plus to, to pass, there was an interview. And if you didn't pass the interview, you, you didn't muster in to become an instructor. Very common in special operations units and selection where you get an interview. And if you don't pass that interview based upon peer evaluation and instructor evaluation, it doesn't matter how well you did it academically or even skills-wise in the program. Uh, they just don't want you to be an instructor. Very interesting and very challenging environment. So here we are in the pool. We're floating and we've got 45 minutes added to our time. And as the weight belt hit the ground and we got our recent 15-minute penalty, I told everybody to stop going down to get the weight belt because every time we bring it up, we end up dropping it and we get another 15-minute penalty. From what I understand, there is no penalty for swimming and talking and thinking through what we need to do. And that was exactly the success formula that we needed. We actually swam in a circle we treaded water. We breathed. I mean, dudes were drowning when we were trying to float with that weight belt. We had one guy who touched the side of the pool and he was gone because he was literally drowning. Drank, his, drank some water and was panicking. And it was just really an interesting day. 
As we got in this circle and we started talking, I said, what if we were to go down and strip a weight off the belt, each of us? One of us will put the belt around our waist, which has no weights on it, and we each have approximately a, a, a um, five-pound weight. One of us will have to carry two five-pound weights, 10 pounds, and we'll alternate who that is. But nobody can drop the weights because if we do, you know, time penalties. So can you imagine having five separate five-pound weights? And then if everybody ends up dropping one of those weights, you'd be in the, the pool for the entire day because each one hitting the bottom is a 15-minute penalty. This ended up working. We ended up finishing our time in the water approximately 55 minutes. The instructor called everybody and told them to stop, got us out of the pool, put us up in the bleachers, and reamed us. Two guys had already quit, and he told us, he said, you guys, he basically tore us down. He said, you're a bunch of failures. He did miserable. I expected more from candidates who came so well, supposedly prepared for this program. And he says, we're going to swim our 500 yards over again, and we're going to swim as a group. Nobody's going to swim alone. And he looked at me, and he says, you're fast, but it's all about teamwork. It's not about you. And I remember feeling kind of sheepish and thinking, you know, I get that. So we're all in this pool swimming in one lane, 10 guys left, and we're all over each other. I'm getting kicked in the face, and you could hardly even not swim. And it took us forever to finish that 500 yards, such a short distance. And then he said, back in the pool for the weight belt evolution again. And we started over. And it took us 55 minutes to finish this evolution this time. I reflect on this experience frequently as I look at failure and challenges and difficulties and times when you just can't breathe or you're drowning. And I think to myself, what a wonderful opportunity it is when those things happen. If we can just find the inner strength to hang on, if we could just focus on the why we are here and why we are doing what we're doing. You know, if, if what we're doing doesn't muster out to something that's worth the sacrifice, then simply don't do it. And I know that might sound funny to some people, but maybe we're not focused on the right mission, the right thing. But if it is the right mission, if it is the right thing, then we need to dig very, very deep and find the inner calm and the inner strength to persevere, to accept failure as a learning thing, a tool to learn, to realize that we are dependent upon other people sometimes, even our Almighty Father in Heaven. And in order for us to succeed in mortality in the midst of the storm, we have to not only dig deep, but sometimes rely on a team to help us bear the burden and the weight. I hope you have a great day, and I hope that as you experience personal failures, they become great stepping stones that will eventually lead to being on the top of that mountain, looking down with great wisdom, and becoming forged in the mission or the activities that you've chosen to pursue. Have a great day.